opportunity for the Seahawks. Pressure coming. Murray will keep. He'll run. And the ball's out. And the Seahawks have it inside the 20. Tariq Lowen with the recovery. And Kobe Bryant has shook it loose. Hey, we get to actually start off the podcast today with a defensive highlight. That is the story of the day today as the Seahawks defeat the Arizona Cardinals 19-9 at home to move to 3-3 three and three on the season. And this one was all about the defense. We've been waiting. We've been talking about it since day one. Defense hadn't measured up to expectations we had. And in fact, it had been as bad as any team in the league defensively outside of the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans. Fortunately, the offense has been humming along at a rapid pace the last couple of weeks, averaging 40 points a game. But today was not that game. Today was much, much different. It was one of those rare games. It was kind of a grind. That's the word that kept coming to mind throughout the day. But the defense made such a turnaround today that it seemed like sitting in that stadium... The game seemed in control once it appeared that the defense was going to be more sound. That play that you heard was Kobe Bryant for the third time this year forcing a fumble and the other rookie, Tariq Wolin, recovering it. Wolin with yet another fumble recovery, yet another interception on the day, his fourth of the year, continues to make a case for defensive rookie of the year. And those two kids are just uh, doing so many good things on the field. Uh, again, 19 to 9, the final score today. The Seahawks move into a three way tie in the NFC West with the 49ers and the Rams. The 49ers unexpectedly losing in Atlanta today. So the Seahawks are right there in the NFC West. If, if we had told you three and three at the beginning of the season, would you take it? Of course, except for those of you who want them to lose all the games to get the first pick in the draft. But there were a lot of national publications that had the Seahawks going 3 and 14 on the season and they're 3 and 3 to start the season. Uh, I am Dan Viennes. This is the Field Goals podcast. This is Rapid Reaction. I was in the stadium today. Took some notes along the way. Pulled some sound for you. Grabbed some key stats. Um this one was was cool and here's why. Because this season's taken a turn. We've been talking about it for the last week or so on the on the podcast. Dana and I talked about it just the other day. But it's <laughs> you have to be wary of sample size in the NFL, right? There are some people who still haven't 100% bought into Geno Smith as a starting quarterback in this league. And there are some people who, if you listen to analysts, you read social media, certainly, who think the defense is just so terrible that they have no hope of winning, that this is still a five-win team moving forward. But there were some adjustments that were made today, and some players really stepped up and played well. Again, the Cardinals are not who we thought they were going to be. And I mean the last couple of years. They're not who the Cardinals think they are or want to be or expect to be because they just handed out big-time extensions to Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury this last offseason. Hitching their wagon to Kingsbury, well, you can fire him at any time, but hitching their wagon to him at least through 
2027, and then giving Murray $230 million as their starting quarterback. The Seahawks defense was good today. It was much, much better. A couple of big plays on the first drive, but after that really kept the Cardinals in check. But again, I'll say this. Let's not get too excited about it because let's consider the opposition. Cardinals came into this one 15th in the league in yards, 18th in points. And I've been saying this for years. The day that, I think I tweeted the day that the Cardinals gave Murray that extension, uh, it was the best thing they could do to the Seahawks and the NFC West. I just don't think he's a special player. I think coming out, there was some thought that he was a special talent, arm talent, his ability to scramble. Um, But there's questions about his leadership, his ability to diagnose, and just his decision-making and accuracy. There's some balls he throws during a game, multiple balls. There's probably five or six balls. I'll have to go back and watch the replay again, but probably five or six passes. From the minute they left his hand today, he didn't have a chance. Where you're wondering, what's he doing? Like he's giving up on the play. Throwing balls into the turf four yards ahead of a guy. Air mailing a ball 10 yards over the nearest receiver's head. And then he stares down the receiver like they ran the wrong route. I just don't think he's a special player. But that being said, huge ground made up by the Seahawks today. Defensively. And this one was a grind. Battle of field goals in the first half. 3-3 Three to three after one. Nine to three Seahawks at the half. Twelve to nine Seahawks at the end of three. And then they had a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter to put it away. And we'll dive into that in just a moment. And a couple of defensive stands late in the game to preserve the win. And really in the fourth quarter in this one, as many games as we've watched, even in the Russell Wilson era, when they were expected to be a division um you know, contend for division titles and and be a playoff contender where you were never, you never felt comfortable even with a two-score lead. This one kind of felt like they had it in hand. Defense really played well. Huge turnaround. Only allowed allowed one field goal today. If you're you're looking at the score and you think it's a three-field goal game, what happened was, if you haven't dove into it yet, if you didn't get to watch the game, Michael Dixon, uh, second week in a row, Breakdown in punt coverage. This wasn't on him. A guy came free in the middle. He pulled the ball back in. It was knocked out of his hands in the end zone for a fumble. Cardinals fall on it for a touchdown. So the defense, Seahawks defense, didn't allow a touchdown today. Only allowed the one field goal drive. Limited the Cardinals to 315 yards total offense, 4.4 yards per play. They were exceptional on third down. Limited the Cardinals to only four out of 16 on third down today. Cardinals went for it on fourth down five times and only... Converted once. They held Murray in check. 23 out of 37, 222 yards, no touchdowns. Threw an interception late in the game trying to make a play. Tariq Woolen with the interception. Four games in a row for Woolen. There's some historical perspective to that. 144 yards rushing given up by the Seahawks, but it looks even better when you take into account that a hundred of those rushing yards were Kyler Murray. He had a hundred yards on 10 carries. The running backs, only 44 yards for the Cardinals. 2.5-ish yards per carry. Huge, huge improvement. Tackling was better. The play up front was better. That just weren't any gaping holes for the Cardinals to run through. And they got some pressure. 
Cardinals got a little banged up in this one. Justin Pugh, one of their better offensive linemen, had to leave early in the game. But they sacked Kyler Murray six times. And not all of those were, you know, sacks in quotation marks where you're you're chasing Murray around behind the line of scrimmage and tackle him before he he uh, gets to the line again and, and it counts as a sack. They got to him. Carroll said after the game that they changed some things up front. Some things that stood out to me just at first blush, again, watching it in the stadium, Shelby Harris, Puna Ford made statements today. It's good to have Harris back. Uh, especially with Al Wood being inactive for this game, not all the way back from that uh, knee injury that flared up on him last week. So they didn't have Al Woods, who's been their best defensive lineman. And still these guys stepped up. And I talked to Dana the other day on the show about how Puna Ford has been largely, I don't know about ineffective, but kind of invisible. Uh, he made a statement today, especially in the fourth quarter. Had a huge sack late in the game uh, and was was really around the football today. And Daryl Taylor had his best game of the year. Got more pressure, had a sack, but there were multiple times where he had his guy beat off the off the edge. And it looked, it looked like perhaps one of the adjustments they made is having him play more on the line of scrimmage. Maybe a little bit more of that traditional kind of Leo position that the Seahawks used to play when they were more of a 4-3 base. Uh, where he just flat out beat the tackle off. Maybe not as many coverage responsibilities for Taylor today. And again, Uchenna Nuosu was all over the place, all around the football, making plays, had a couple of key tackles when uh, Murray had opportunities to, to scramble. Um, and another one was just the, the coverage. You guys, this defensive secondary is outstanding. As much as they're missing Jamal Adams in run defense, uh, those corners are legit. And, and on the left cornerback uh, side, it looked like they're, they're once again alternating a little bit of Sidney Jones, a little bit of Mike Jackson. But Tariq Wollin on the right side just continues to prove each and every week what a steal he was in the fifth in the fifth round. And this kid making a statement for defensive rookie of the year and maybe even Pro Bowl. I mean, he's he's not giving up big plays and he's making plays. And so is Kobe Bryant. It looked like the first couple of weeks of the year that Kobe Bryant was struggling in that transition to playing inside, playing in the slot. Man, I'm telling you, he's sticky. He's sticky. Made some plays today on the ball where he's uh, shadowing his receiver, anticipating, breaking on the ball, knocking it loose. And Carroll said he has a nose for the football and a nose for turnovers and and showed that again today. Meanwhile, on offense, offense came back to earth a little bit against an Arizona defense that uh, that isn't, you know, they got J.J. Watt, they got Buda Baker. We talked about it in the preview show, but the, the middle of the pack, in DVOA and most team defensive stacks. Uh, but they did some things today to confuse the Seahawks. And it was a grind for Geno because of it. Early in the game. Had some missed opportunities. First drive of the game, Seahawks in the red zone. Uh, he had DK Metcalf for what should have been a pretty easy touchdown and just didn't put it on him. Threw the ball high. DK tried to go up and make an acrobatic catch and couldn't come down with it. They had to settle for a field goal. Had a missed opportunity in the fourth quarter, too. He had Tyler Lockett wide open on a on a long play. And instead of leading him to his outside shoulder, a catch that Tyler Lockett has kind of made his signature, he leads him inside to the post, uh, right into the coverage from the safety. He was able to make a play on the ball and knock it away. So accuracy-wise, wasn't as sharp today as he's been. But again, no turnovers. And they made some adjustments, and he got things done when they had to 
in the second half. Uh, he took five sacks, but I don't know if any of them were really heinous mistakes on his part. There were some breakdowns in pass protection today. Today was the toughest game so far for the two rookie tackles, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, especially Cross. Had some trouble with J.J. Watt and Isaiah Simmons. Looked like the Cardinals were doing some things to confuse him up front, some twisting and stunting. And the Seahawks, for the most part, are still kind of leaving those guys alone on an island. And, and today it cost him a couple of times. Gino was a fairly efficient, 20 out of 31, 197 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, an 82.3 rating for the game. No big plays down the field, no explosive plays. Seahawks themselves struggled on third down today, weren't as good as they have been, four out of 14. Uh, time possession for the game, by the way, was about equal, right down the middle almost, 30 minutes apiece. Uh, but late in the game, end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, Geno and Shane Waldron and the offense found something. And uh, here's what Gio, before we break that drive down, here's what Geno said about what led to the drive that led to the, the, the only touchdown of the game for the Seahawks. Kind of put this game away. You know, I think it started with play calling. You know, Shane did a great job. Uh, you know, the first half was kind of funky. We had some different situations. Didn't really have the ball a lot in the first half. And so a lot of our calls were, were still up. And so Shane did a great job of getting to the calls. Protection was there. Uh, we ran the ball a few times. You know, I think I was able to use my legs a, a couple times. And overall, I think the urgency was there. We knew, you know, hey, man, we've been struggling a little bit all game. But, you know, here's our time to step up and, and kind of give us a lead and, and let our defense go out there and play ball and, and take momentum back. And I think that's what we did there. Really interesting perspective from Gino there talking about how, you know, because they didn't have the ball a lot. They only had one drive in the first quarter. They didn't have the ball a lot um, in the first half. And so they didn't get deep enough into that play sheet and the game plan. And, you know, it's been a knock on some former offensive coordinators around here um, during the Russell Wilson days. Sometimes that playbook shrank and, and uh, uh, play callers kind of had blinders on a little bit and got stuck on one concept and didn't, didn't stay open-minded about things. And, and to hear Gino say that, hey, there's a lot of stuff we had in our back pocket that we didn't go to until we, we needed to late in the game uh, was really cool. And the drive that he's talking about starts with 54 seconds left in the third quarter. And it's all Gino for the most part. Until the end, <laughs> he goes five out of six on short, short ish passes, 15 yards to Noah Fant, 16 yards to D Eskridge. Remember him? 17 yards to DK Metcalf, a uh, little flare to Kenneth Walker for six, lock it for 10. And then they run the football and they put it in the hands of the rookie running back. Kenneth Walker. Walker with a move to the goal line. Kenneth Walker. And that's a Seahawk touchdown. Outstanding run by Walker. If you haven't seen the highlight yet, find it. Watch it. Uh, the coolest thing about it, he's so shifty. And his change of direction is elite. And you can see why the Seahawks fell in love with him. Why he won the Doak Walker Award as the best running back in college football last year. Um, there's a moment. He makes a couple of cuts to get to the outside. And then he's got one guy to beat. And I don't know if I've ever seen this before, but he fakes a stiff arm. Go back and watch the highlight. He fakes stiff arm. And I don't know if that was his, his intention to begin with, or if he just realized once he went to do that and the reaction from the, from the DB, I think it was a safety coming out to try and get him that he didn't need to. And he pulls it back and kind of tiptoes into the corner of the end zone. Uh, outstanding run might not have been his best run of the day though. 
Might not have been his best run of the day. There was a run in the third quarter coming my way in the corner where he almost scored. Almost scored. Jalen Thompson got him by the ankles, stopped him at about the five-yard line. Um, But he made five guys miss, not miss. They all got hands on him, but he broke five tackles, um, cutting a ball to the outside on the right side. Bunch of different cutbacks, change of direction. Um, Stronger than you think, real compact. And uh, broke five tackles and almost scored on that one. Finished uh, with 97 yards rushing on 21 carries, uh, 4.6 yard average. Uh, Caught two passes for 13 yards as well. And uh, made an impression on his starting quarterback. Here's Geno Smith. Man, he's explosive. I mean, it was one of those runs where I don't think he gained, he might have gained one yard, but he made like six dudes miss, you know, on a run. And that's just how special he is, man. He can make, you know, something out of nothing. And, uh, you know, when the line's blocking great and he gets up to the second level, it's going to be hard, you know, to, to get him down. But today he did a great job, was great in protections, and, uh, you know, I think he, he, he's really coming along. Other things that stood out to me on offense today, uh, talked about the tackles having their struggles. That's to be expected. And, and really the fact that it took six games for us to see a game like this from them, um, you know, I think they'll bounce back. Uh, and I still believe in those guys. Um, and, and they – they made it work when they had to on that drive. They were outstanding and the protection was there for Gino. So um, I, I think that's a, that's a check mark in their favor for sure. Uh, the way the offense made adjustments, I think was impressive. And D Eskridge, he got more snaps today. He clearly was part of the game plan. Um, and, and the three balls that he caught were um, downfield. You know, they weren't doing the little jet sweep stuff and the little gadget stuff. If he can step up and be a third option, in that wide receiver room um, and, and come close to justifying that second round draft pick of a year ago, that'd be a huge boost because there's a lot of weapons. And Gino talked about that in the post-game press conference, how many guys he can go to and spread it around. Um, and if uh, Eskridge can, can stay healthy and contribute, that's just another, another weapon in that room. Uh, again, the Seahawks moved to three and three, three-way tie with the Rams and 49ers. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, you know, maybe that win at home over the Falcons was uh uh, no, it was a loss. I'm sorry. At home isn't as isn't as bad as we thought it was. Uh, Falcons looked pretty good under Arthur Smith and really took it to the 49ers. 28-14, I think, was the final score there. Um, 49ers had some struggles on offense in that game. There's some questions on uh, on how good that offense is. They never got the running game going. Garoppolo threw a couple interceptions. Um, they haven't incorporated George Kittle. Um, Brandon Ayuk was a highlight for them today, but that's about all they had going for them. So. Uh, look, this division is up for grabs. And if what we saw out of the defense today is a sign of things to come and that offense can, can continue to hum and Gino play at a high level, Kenneth Walker spearhead that running game. Um, <laughs> one thing is clear, whether you're on the side of you want the high draft pick because you want to get the quarterback of the future, or you want to go for it and you always want to win, uh, this team is capable of hanging in this division. This division, the door's open. Okay? The Rams and 49ers have left the door wide open in this division, and the Seahawks have an opportunity. And when you look at the schedule, there's some wins up there. Next week, tough opponent. Tough opponent, the L.A. Chargers and Justin Herbert. They go down to L.A. to play them. Uh, but on a short week, the, car, or the uh, Chargers are 3-2, and two, but they're playing Denver tomorrow night on Monday Night Football, so they have to turn around in a short week and play the Seahawks. And the Seahawks came out of this game, by the way, with no significant injuries whatsoever. 
came out of this game really healthy, and they should get Al Woods back next week as well. Um, potentially Artie Burns, too, who we haven't seen as another option at that cornerback position. Um, so Seahawks play the Chargers next week, and uh, chance to go to 4-3, and three, and then they come back home to play the New York Giants the week after that. So uh, that's going to do it. Again, the Seahawks move to 3-3. Three and three. They win 19-9. to nine. Um, Believe what you want about this team, but they're... Um, they are not playing for a draft pick. Let's just put it that way. Gino talked about going after the division after this game, and that could become more and more of the focus with each week like this. I am Dan Viennes. Follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. Um, also listen in during the week. Um, Dana will have her midweek show, and then I'll be back to preview the Chargers game later in the week with a special guest. So follow us on Twitter. Follow uh, Read Field Goals, all of the great content over there. They're already breaking down the game from every angle you can imagine, including some All-22 stuff for those of you X and O nerds. So until next time, thanks for listening. Go Hawks.